Welcome. This is the She's Capable podcast with Christelle, Shelby, and Ashley. We want to champion you, have real discussions on real issues, and have fun. We want you to thrive spiritually, emotionally, and in your practical life. Hi, welcome back to the She's Capable podcast. This is Shelby here, and I'm here with Christelle. Yeah, hi, guys. So glad to be with you today. And we're kind of excited. We're going to be talking about motherhood today. And I actually have the privilege of interviewing Christelle a little bit about the purpose of motherhood and kind of her vision behind it, what she's learned um, over the years. Christelle actually has, she's the mother of six kids now, and you have all the way from 19 or 20 now? He's 20. From 20. A 20-year-old son all the way down to a six-month-old, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy the age range you have. It's a big range. Totally. And you have kids all the way in between and so it's really cool hearing your perspective and I know some of you listeners have tuned in on social media and some different things like that and so you've probably heard a little bit of Christelle's take on motherhood but I know it's something that's really powerful whenever she shares it so we wanted to just get that out there and kind of expand on uh, what she has shared and just the heart behind motherhood that she carries. But even for me personally, I remember sitting down with you and I've learned a lot with like from you and with you over the last several years of knowing you. But I remember sitting down and being like, Christelle, tell me about <laughs> why motherhood, like why should I venture onto this journey? Why should I desire this? Why is yeah. it important? And so, yeah, I just would love to have you kind of share a little bit about yeah. why motherhood and kind of your heart behind yeah, it. Yeah, why motherhood? That's the question. Um, yeah, like Shelby said, I have six kids and, you know, I don't know if I would have had six kids had I not had the revelation that I'm going to share a little bit about today. Mm -hmm. Um, my, I I just want to backtrack a little bit before I go into even my heart for motherhood, because I think, uh, some of the, there's some key moments in my life that really shaped my view and my perspective. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that happened to me when I was a kid, I was 12 years old. Um, at that time, my parents, they were both pastors and they were really involved with pro-life ministry. And we used to go, we lived in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we would go to the, the nearest um, abortion clinic, which was a Planned Parenthood clinic at the time. And we would stand on the sidewalk and we'd do what was called sidewalk counseling. So I'm not even sure if they still do it this way today, but this was back in the 80s. And so we would do the sidewalk counseling and kind of the purpose of it was to catch women that were going into the clinic and to get a chance to just talk to them and just Mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, give them a different perspective and maybe they would change their mind. That was kind of the idea. So we would do it every Saturday for a good chunk of time of my life. I didn't realize it was that often. It was pretty often. Yeah, we would go. And um, I remember one particular Saturday, like I I began to get a really big heart for the issue of abortion. My parents um, had, at the time, had only two children. So Mm -hmm. I'm the oldest of six. Um, and then my sister, who was just under me. And so it was just her and I growing up. Mm. I'm 12. I had no other siblings besides her at that time. And they were kind of done with having kids, They were right? done. Yeah. My mom even had, had, at one point had said, you know, she didn't even want kids or maybe wanted one. Wow. And my dad, who comes from a really big family, was like, well, at least let's have two, right? So <laughs> they had two and whatever. It was fine. Like I was, it was a happy family. Things were going good. And me and my sister were growing up in an awesome home Mm -hmm. but this was a major moment for me and I don't I don't even think my mom realized it till later because I told her some years later how much of an impact it actually had on me and my sister Lindsay both Um, but this particular Saturday um, I'm from my perspective as a 12 year old we're kind of doing what we're doing every Saturday which is we walk and we'd pray and we try to get it you know get 
connected somehow to the girls walking in, give them some pamphlets yeah. or whatever. Kind of start and, a conversation yeah, or something. Yeah, and so some some Saturdays, our little group, we'd, we'd see a lot of women who would actually stop and talk to us and change wow. their minds or maybe pause a few days. You get them to think about it a few days. And there's mm-hmm. stats that show that if, you know, they wait 24 hours or 72 hours or whatever, the, the chance of them actually going through with the abortion is less and less. Wow. And um, I think a lot of women are actually – they women aren't going because they're like oh I just want an abortion. Women are actually looking yeah. for that way out or the the vision. Well, they're like, in a Why? crisis. Yeah. yeah, I mean the victims of abortion are just as much women as they are the babies. Totally. So I have a heart for both because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the women just simply don't know and they're yeah you know they don't know what to do. Yeah, they're in crisis and they're just listening to the voices around them. Right. So yeah. it's important to have the right voices. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, I grew up doing that. So that really impacted me. But this particular week. I saw my mom, and I found out the story later. She told us a couple months later. But um, I saw my mom all of a sudden just start weeping mm. on the sidewalk. And my mom is, you know, relatively stoic. Like, she's not super emotional mm-hmm. uh, woman. So to see my mom just weeping like that. And me and my sister were like, you know, kids. Yeah. We're like, what's going on, mom? What's wrong? You, you know, and I'm just sort of staring. Lindsay's like, mom, mom, why are you crying? Why are you crying? <laughs> you know, and she was younger. She's like nine, I think. And so I remember my mom just crying. And then we went home. Two weeks went by of my mom sobbing. Wow. Like, like literally, we were like, what is going on? Our mom getting divorced. Like, yeah, like our lives like are falling apart. Like there's some sort of crisis happening and we, we did not know. So we just sort of tiptoed around the house. And I remember those two weeks, my mom just going in and out of the bedroom crying mm-hmm. all the time. So about six or eight months later, I'd say, um, my mom sat us down and my dad both sat us down and they wanted to have a conversation mm-hmm. with us. And they sat us down and, and said this. And my my mom looked at us and told us the story of what happened that particular Saturday at the Planned Parenthood clinic. And she said that she had not heard the voice of God in an audible way or even an internal audible way ever before in her life. And that particular Saturday, mm-hmm. she was kind of frustrated because we weren't getting much success with the women that were going in. Like the women were going in, they weren't stopping, they were kind of blowing us off or, you know, they kind of cuss you out or some of them just kind Don't of want to be, hear about a, it. be ashamed and just duck their heads. But we weren't getting yeah. any any good um, movement as far as being able to talk to anyone that week. And so my mom, I guess, had said in her heart or in her mind, you know, God, why, you know, why are these women doing this? Why aren't they talking to us? Mm-hmm. And he said to her, and, and she's told this story before, um, but he said to her in a very clear, she thinks, internal, audible voice, your heart for children is just the same as theirs. Mm-hmm. And it struck her, and I don't know if, if you're, you, the listener, has ever had this before. I know I have. Mm-hmm. But you, when you have a revelatory moment mm-hmm. that is like revelation, yeah. and you know it's God, sometimes you get it through the word. Sometimes speak, you know, a person speaks something to you. Or mm-hmm. in this case, it was something she knew God was saying to her. Yeah. It pierced her. Yeah, touched her heart like yeah. so deeply. Yeah, pierced her. She she says it just cut mm. like deep into the motives of her heart. Mm. That your attitude towards children is the same as the women going in there. So in other words, how dare you judge them? Yeah. And she began just in that that day. She began those next two weeks a journey of just like searching her heart and searching the word and mm. figuring out what God's heart was to her children, where her heart didn't line up. And here mm. she's a pastor's wife. Yeah. You know, she grew up in a Christian home. And she's having this revelation, right? Mm-hmm. So fast forward, what ended up happening is um, my parents decided, and they began a whole preaching series actually on this subject. 
but they decided to have more children, just mm-hmm. whatever God gave them kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. they ended up having four more. So wow. um, there's a nine-year gap between my sister and my next sister. Wow. So then my parents kind of almost had a second family. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, they have four more kids. And so what? why that story is important is what it did to mark my sister and I, and mm-hmm. even my other siblings that were born after that, mm-hmm. I watched my mom go through really a transformation of her thinking when it came to children. She, because like kind of even expanding on what the Lord showed her, it was what, because of her heart towards children was like, oh, I just want to for my perfect life or what was yeah. kind of her heart originally well, she, towards that's children? That's a good question. Yeah. She grew up because she did grow up in a Christian home, but mm-hmm. it was very career driven. Okay. Like her home was career driven. And so, she, you know, she was the only one of her, of her, the three sisters in her family that even had children at all. And it just wasn't a value for her. So she would consider herself very uh, feministic in her mindset, mm-hmm. which doesn't want, don't want kids to stop me or drag me down yeah. or keep me from pursuing right. what so I need to do. They're pursue. still great. Like she mm-hmm. still loved us and I felt the love from her, but she just didn't, you know, she wasn't. Yeah, her heart wasn't aligned with God on it. Yeah. And I could see the visible difference in her even from that moment of decision. Mm-hmm. And she, what she began to do, my her and my dad, they yeah. began to really research the word. And they started in Genesis, mm-hmm. which says, be fruitful and multiply is one of the first commands, right? Be fruitful, multiply, fill yeah. the earth and subdue it, it says. And, you know, filling the earth, I mean, you can see right from the beginning, when, you, when you're trying to figure out the original intent of something, you have to go back to the beginning. Yeah. You know, so the original intent for marriage was God creating a man and a woman. So we mm-hmm. see that there, it's meant to be man and woman, right? Mm-hmm. If you go back to what are they supposed to do? Well, they're supposed to be fruitful. They're supposed to multiply. They're supposed to subdue the earth, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just mean in having children, but it's, it certainly includes that. Yeah. Right? It means souls also. Mm-hmm. Um, which a lot of people always want to throw in there. They think that's only what it means, but I actually believe it. He was really saying have kids oh, yeah. and subdue the earth, like take over. So that really marked me. I mean, in an emotional way, like yeah. as a kid, I mean, if you can imagine being 12. Yeah, watching... you clearly remember it vividly, right? <coughs> so obviously it marked you because it was yeah. something that you can very in-depth, like have memory of. So obviously it was Oh yeah. Powerful. And so I watched them get pregnant. Here's my mom, you know, who was done having kids. Yeah. And you know, she, she wasn't, I, and my mom was never, and she would say this, like she was never really a baby person. Like a lot yeah. of people who have a lot of kids, they always just assume, oh, you just love babies. Yeah. You're just, you're just made for that. I'm not made for that. Totally. I want to say she was like, mm-hmm. she just didn't have that natural bent, like wanting to hold everybody's baby mm-hmm. and just really, you know. I can relate with that. Yeah. That was kind of like me, right? Actually, I was the was. same way of like, I love kids, but I was not like, oh, I just love babies mm-hmm. and I want to hold everybody's baby. But it, it does really shift when, when I had my own daughter. It really changed. Yeah, and, and I think just w- having the Lord's heart for that. Right. And when you go through the word and when, when it stares you in the face mm. and you really, when you look at the Bible, when you take your bias out mm-hmm. and you look at the Bible just raw, and you're like, okay, God, what, you know, I'm not going to read this with the filter of like what, what I, I want to see. Yeah. I want to actually see what do you think so that I can line up my heart with you. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when we read the word, myself included, in all kinds of subjects, what we what we can do or be tempted to do is read it to affirm our values and beliefs yeah. that we have. And if there's something that isn't in line with what we think, we, we just, just ignore just it. ignore it, yeah. Yeah, and so I think with this one, they were being real and really raw with their hearts. And so, Like opening it up and saying, all right, God, we want to see what you say, not what yeah. we want to hear. Right, and... Like, I remember even myself, like, I would read through, like, the genealogies, for example, and you would see something like, I remember one particular name, I don't know why this name stands out, but I remember reading through genealogies, and one of the names was 
and God loved Obed-Edom, and mm-hmm. he gave him eight sons. Wow. And I just felt the delight of the Lord over this guy, Obed-Edom, whoever he was. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, I just love this guy. I'm going to give him eight sons. Yeah. You know, and then it's just something like, and cattle, and yeah. sons, and cattle, and daughters. And this one had this many sons and daughters, you know. and It's like a direct, like, sign of blessing yeah. is children. Well, it's like God saying, I, I like you, so mm-hmm. here you go. And yeah. I think sometimes, you know, nowadays we can look at children as either a nuisance or a, a nice addition. We have this little... Our perfect little family. Uh, yeah. It's good for we us. We have the number we want and yeah. we decide. We don't even consult the Lord on it. We yep. don't even bother to think to see what he thinks. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way it was meant to be. And yeah. on if, if you've ever been to our house, which some of you listening may have, but I've also posted this on social media so people have seen it. But on our wall in our living room to remind us of what God thinks, we have Psalm 127 verses 3 to 5 on the wall. And it says, Children are an inheritance from the Lord a reward from him like arrows in the hand of a warrior, children born in one's youth. And we have that on our wall simply because it's a reminder to us that these kids are our inheritance. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot in those verses yeah, that I can unpack. do whole podcasts on, but what I want to hit today is that they're our inheritance and mm-hmm. they're a reward from the Lord. Yeah. In other words, they're a blessing mm-hmm. from him. And I think if we just shift our perspective to God's, it mm-hmm. would change a lot of the arguments surrounding this topic. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, well, how many kids should I have? And are you saying I should not use birth control? Yeah, or should, should I, have... I just have 15 children? Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't want to even discuss a number. I don't even ever discuss a number. For me, it's all about my heart being constantly in line with God's. Mm-hmm. So even for my husband and I, we take it one kid at a time. It's mm-hmm. never been like, oh, we're going to have you know 19 kids. And, and that's the only way. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, which I think is great too. I mean, it's for me, it was more about, God, I just want to be in line with your heart. Mm-hmm. And I also... You know, I, I want to obey you, but I also want to delight in what you delight in. Mm-hmm. And you delight in these kids, but you also want us to subdue the earth yeah. and make an impact. Mm-hmm. And so that's... Well, and I think it's really cool. And even for me, because I have heard this before, and I know you've spoken on it with other women, mm-hmm. but I think what's cool is, like, you say it as if it's normal, but it's so revelatory. And so, like, even for you as a listener, maybe, you've never heard this. Like, you've never had that perspective that children are a blessing. You've never once. Maybe this is yeah. your first time hearing that. And so, I'm just even sitting here, like, being reminded of how powerful that is, of, like, shifting that perspective. And even in my own life, like, very similar to your mom, it was like, well, I don't want kids to take away from what I'm called to do. And I right. am in full-time ministry, so it wasn't even just like, I want to so make money. Yeah. So it wasn't about money, but it was about like my purpose, my purpose. Yeah. And it, it actually is really selfish way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even, it, this is a life-changing revelation when you start to see that like, no, children are a blessing from the Lord. They're not just an addition to our life or like something we put up with till we can get them out of our house and onto the next thing because that's what you're supposed to do. And society tells us, no, God has actually uh, created us for a reason and he creates children and then even generational lines from that. And I'd love for you to even touch on that. Like there are inheritance, but even expand on what does that look like and and what does that mean? Well, inheritance, you know, inheritance is something that you leave behind, Mm -hmm. right? And some people interchange inheritance with legacy another version of that verse even says legacy i don't know i i to me when you're leaving children that love the lord like my dad actually used to preach on this where if you know he had six kids ironically Mm -hmm. i have six kids Um, (laughs) i actually have two in heaven so technically eight so Mm -hmm. more than them which i bug him about because he likes to think you know he's making more of an impact but (laughs) mine i guess i don't get to raise them all but he he did a 
he calculated one time that if he had six kids and, and each of them had six kids and, mm-hmm. you know, each of them had six kids and, you know, and they all love Jesus. We're assuming they all love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he kept going and how you could really take over the entire world. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the time frame was with that, but yeah. it was years. It was surprisingly much shorter than you would think. Mm-hmm. And just our family line. Hmm. could literally take over the world for and Jesus. Sure. Yeah, like the gospel, like care, be carriers of yeah. the gospel and of Jesus to the whole world yeah, with it's, that many people. Well, and even just being Jesus where wherever you live, you know, this is not all, all people going into ministry. I mean, this is people who can be lawyers and doctors and anything, yeah. right? If you can be in all the seven spheres of society and love Jesus and totally. raise generational lines to do that, I mean, I can make way more of a mark discipling my six kids and, you know, having them go into the world and have their own kids and their own kids and their own kids mm-hmm. and let it continue on. That's an inheritance and spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so what's awesome about a spiritual inheritance is that you take that with you yeah. to heaven, right? There's the only things you can take to heaven are spiritual inheritance, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's either souls or a mark you can make through your kids, which is uh, souls. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I take it very seriously. And I think I've told my mom several times how grateful I am for Mm -hmm. her and my dad being bold enough and being humble enough Mm -hmm. to admit where they didn't have a heart that lined up with the Lord. Yeah. Being brave enough as a woman to, for my mother to look at her heart where she wasn't in line with God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was more her than my dad. My dad always wanted more kids. So she really had to face kind of her demons, so to speak, the stuff going on inside of her, like, you know, her agendas and her self-promotion and mm-hmm. all of that. And watching her wrestle through that for years and me mm-hmm. being the oldest and the most aware. Yeah, you could really see what was going on. Yeah, I could see it for what it was. And I appreciated the authenticity of it. Yeah, and um, really digging deep mm-hmm. and like, all right, Lord, I want to change my heart. I don't want to just mask this or like put up with the things that I already think and yeah. just kind of cover them with what looks good. No, right. I really want to wrestle, even if it's ugly, through yeah. the things well, that are going to be it's difficult. Being willing to be a disciple, too, is actually, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to be constantly being transformed mm-hmm. your whole life till you see the Lord. And mm-hmm. if you're not willing to do that, I mean, if you have some, God, I'll welcome you into all these different areas, but you know, not these, Yeah. you know, I'm not going to let you into my fertility or yeah. I'm not going to let you into my whatever, my mm-hmm. marriage or my career decisions or you know, right. my parenting I'll sit style. and do my devos with you in the morning, but I don't want you to affect the rest yes. of my life or if change we, decisions I want to make. Exactly. And if we don't let him put his finger on some areas in our life, then, you know, we're not fully surrendered. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's another, I learned lots of lessons through watching that. But I've just loved the way my parents did that. And what they did for us as kids is it really has helped all of us siblings now have talked about this. We're all mm-hmm. married now with kids. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about how, man, that really did mm-hmm. like it paved a way for us like I never I, I never remember dealing with this whole like man this is just so hard well I, I did think it was so hard but not because it was it was always the kind of hard that I knew would pay off yeah it wasn't like a purposeless hard yeah mm-hmm. it was like I they so they never sold it like this isn't hard they mm-hmm. sold it like this is what God wants mm-hmm. this is what he says so therefore you will have the ability to do it that's mm-hmm. why when women talk to me and they're like I can't take it I'm yeah, like it's too hard I'm like don't say that because I know it's hard and I know the temptation is to fold and quit but you can do it because mm-hmm. God put it in you to do it and he mm-hmm. gives the grace which is just the power to do it right mm-hmm. and so parenting is like extremely um, difficult but when you have the right perspective it's you can do things. it oh yeah and it's just like anything. Like, if you have the perspective to do it, it's like, 
And what just Shelby t- telling her story, I remember when she first came over to our house one time, she was yeah. like, I need to talk to you about motherhood. And yeah. she's a strong girl and she's like, I have plans. Okay? Yeah. So h- tell me why I need to be a mom mm-hmm. and why it's important. And I was like, girl, you, this is why, mm-hmm. because, because you're strong, mm-hmm. you need to raise kids mm-hmm. because you are passionate about Jesus. You should be the very one to raise them. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, yeah. all of the reasons that we say we shouldn't are actually the reasons we should. Oh, yeah. And I remember, like, even what you said about the generational lines, I remember, because I'm like a, a go-getter, like a goal setter. I want to do things with my life. Yep. I want to see impact in this world. And I remember when you shared that with me of like, no, Shelby, you can have a million times more impact through raising children who love Jesus and who are going to go out into the world, whether it it doesn't have to be in ministry. Like you said, it can be in any sphere of society, whether they're working in business or whatever it might be, but you can raise kids who genuinely are passionate for the Lord. They are going to impact people to be passionate for the Lord and their kids are going to impact people to be passionate for the Lord. And I remember when I first saw that and unpacked that and you shared that with me, I was like, whoa, this is way better than me just going and even like my husband and I, we do full-time missions. And so like we go overseas for months at a time and literally go into schools and uh, prisons and all over and preach the gospel. And I'm like, okay, so I can do that. And yes, I can have that impact just with me. Yeah. But if I raise kids who can do that in the, whatever they're going to do with their life mm-hmm. and do the same thing, like that's going to have a thousand more times oh, yeah. of impact. And that was like, yeah, yeah. So even for you, maybe yeah. as a listener, like you're sitting there maybe going like, yeah, I want goals. And it's like, yes, you can have goals, but this is the reality of what God intends. Yeah. And this is like his heart for children. And you actually can do so much more through through doing those difficult yeah. things, through raising ch- children. That is that is not easy in and of itself. Like I, my daughter is um, eight months old, so I'm just even on the beginning end mm-hmm. of it. But those sleepless nights or those hours of discipline, which I haven't even got to yet, but hours of disciplining your children of being out of the spotlight because you're in maybe in your home or you're not pursuing the things that you thought you would pursue, but you're laying those down so that you can raise children who are going to love the Lord fully and then impact the next generation. That's so powerful. Well, I just want to interject when you said laying things down, you know, it's amazing to me, like I've had layers of revelation of this, Mm -hmm. uh, the more kids I've had, because any of you who are listening, if you've had children, you know that it takes all the selfishness out mm-hmm. of you. I, I should okay. You think it's going to take all the selfishness <laughs> out of you, and then you have another one, another one, and it you're exposes. going through different season. Yeah, you're just seeing more and more and more of it. Mm-hmm. But when you're laying stuff down, it's like that is a sweet smelling fragrance to the Lord. Like I've always thought of it as worship. Mm-hmm. Like it's like God, I am serving. Like when I do this stuff for my kids that nobody sees, it's like this is for you. Like mm-hmm. this is worship. And when I was able to switch my heart with that, mm-hmm. it's like this may not be something the stages see or yeah. you know those people see, but God, you see it, mm-hmm. and I can. It matters. Like the stuff I'm doing behind the scenes matters. Even when oh, my yeah. kids are little and they may not even know I'm doing it, I'm mm-hmm. like it matters because of how I'm doing it is unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so it's very impactful, but I just wanted to go back on something I thought of, um, you know, when you, when you talk about multiplication and impacting, I mean, this is very practical. Okay. When you, when you talk about the, when you actually get to the numbers of mm-hmm. Christians and how many people are having children in the different, um, nations of the earth right now, and these are not necessarily Christian statistics mm-hmm. there in the United States, the average is 2.1 Kids, per, kids family. per family in Canada it's 1.8 kids per family in Europe I believe it's 1.6 yeah. in most countries some countries 1.4 even even lower um, but in most Muslim nations it's over eight children hmm. per family 
And when I first read that, I was like, wow, they sure got a revelation of taking over the earth because they literally have a strategic plan and it's to have children. Mm -hmm. And that actually blew my mind. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I know God is going to be able to use our small little Gideon army that Mm -hmm. we have going right now. And, you know, I I also want to say too, like if you're listening and you haven't had children or maybe you can't have children Mm -hmm. or maybe you have had one or two or that's all you can have or whatever. This isn't about a number. God is going to use your generational lines. What I'm trying to get across is just his perspective and heart. Mm Because Jesus said, bring the little children to me. In other words, he's like, whoever you got. And if you aren't even able to have children or you never did have children or you never will, you can still impact by mothering. Yeah. Like it's actually a ministry style. Mm -hmm. So even once my kids are out of the house, I can do this and I do do this with people in the ministry, people I'm discipling, right? Like my ministry style is mothering. Mm -hmm. I want to care for them like I would my own kids, you know? If you need to give them a little smack every once in a while, you do. If you get love on them. You know, with that's what they need. Mm-hmm. You do that. It's you like speak truth into them. You disciple yeah. them. You help them grow and see where they're lacking or needing help. You're their safe place. Like all those aspects yeah. of motherhood. Right. It can be applied in any, any relationship. Yeah. And those are, that is actually subduing the earth. That mm-hmm. is actually a form. I believe as women, it's, it's our form of discipleship. Yeah. And so I don't want you to just kind of, you know, think this doesn't apply out. to yeah. you simply because you don't have children or whatever the case may be. This is not about like, oh, the person is more awesome who has a lot of kids mm-hmm. and the one who has this many is not yeah. quite like, like oh, I, w- I won't have blessing because the Lord is hasn't given me 10 kids or I maybe can't have kids, so I must not be blessed. Right. That's not the, no. the heart behind this No, it, the heart is to actually go, God, what do you think? And yeah. the bottom line with it is he says, send the little kids to me like yeah. I love them they're awesome and I think I think when we stand before the Lord if we got more if we were more brave to actually picture ourselves the day that we stand before the Lord mm-hmm. and what he's going to say to us and I believe it's going to be a glorious day I'm not it's not a scary day but there yeah. is a soberness to it because mm-hmm. we're going to be rewarded for the things that we did and the things that we didn't do and I think we're going to see that our children are the best thing we ever did mm-hmm. they're the, not only going to be the best thing we ever did they're going to be also the way we made the most impact yeah and so i am just passionate about this because thankfully my parents paved a way for this but mm-hmm. i i want to also honor what they went through well and knowing that it's very countercultural. Mm-hmm. but once you counter it mm-hmm. it's actually not as difficult as you think mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's just the mindset mm-hmm. And getting rid of the mindset and being countercultural, like I don't have to even go around saying this. Just no. my family walking into a place somewhere and people seeing my husband and I. People start to ask questions of like, yeah, it why do you have so many kids? What's yeah. the point? Like, what's the purpose? Well, and your kids aren't weird. And yeah. your kids, like we get this all the time, even in ministry settings. Cause yeah. You know, we've been in ministry a long time. And so we talked to a lot of ministry leaders and they'll be like, you have a lot of kids, but they're not weird. You know, like they know how to be social and interact and they're mm-hmm. normal and they're normal kids. You know, they can be naughty and awesome all at the same yeah. time. But that's part, like that's life. Like it's just doing what God has asked you to do is sometimes messy. You mm-hmm. might not do as good as you wish you did at it. Yeah. But we're constantly reaching to just not only obey the Lord, but also enjoy it like mm-hmm. he enjoys us. Yeah. Well, and I found even for me, it really helped me as I had this revelation to go through those hard things and to do the things that because you are had a really hard birth. Too. Yeah, like, I had a really tough birth and like months of recovery where I couldn't really move a whole lot and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and that was just the beginning. I haven't even tapped into a whole another chunk of motherhood, but I think it has already made it so much easier when I have this revelation of yeah. of how I should view children, what God says about children, that they are on His heart, that He desires them, that they're not a nuisance, they're not just right. an extra added baggage thing. 
once I had that doing those hard things or the things that are not seen became so much easier because it's the purpose behind it. You're seeing the eternal purpose. You're well, it's seeing like a light it, switch goes yeah, on. exactly. And then it's like, oh, this is easy. I know the why behind it mm-hmm. because like we go to college and we're willing to like gain 15 pounds our freshman year. We're willing to pull, pull all-nighters. Yeah, like do we're, hard things. Yeah, we'll pay thousands of dollars because why? We have the end in mind, right? We have yeah. like the sight of whatever it is. This it's degree. worth it. We know it's yes. worth it. So we're willing to pay a price for something that's worth it. And I think part of the whole problem surrounding the view of having kids and being a mom is just that it hasn't been given much worth or value in yeah. our culture. It's not put where it actually mm-hmm. should be. So then and paying all these prices and, and laying things down or working really hard in that area yeah. is almost looked at as like less important or well, like not as valuable yeah. because we don't see the purpose in it long term. Well, and it also, a lot of women think, you know, I'm, I'm smart and I'm capable of doing things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... I have capabilities in me that, you know, maybe I can't use mothering, mm-hmm. so I should go pursue other things. Mm-hmm. Well, you can pursue other things. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't think that you can't use your capabilities in motherhood. Totally. Don't think that all of those smarts that you have and all of that strength that you have and all of the wisdom that you have, I mean, you can, if you were to pour all of that into the period of time that you have with your kids, which really oh. honestly isn't that long. It's like a blink already. Yeah, like, I mean, whoa. our kids, our oldest is 20 and it's like, I feel like, it feels like I just had him and I'm looking at him going, oh man, I should have done, you know, you have yeah. all the what I should have, I could have done this better. I should have done that. We should have done this. You know, th- those years are hard, but they, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I take all my energy, my best years and I give it to my kids, it is so worth it. Mm-hmm. And it's worth it because they are going to do way more than I ever mm-hmm. did. You know, they're yeah. going to impact the earth mm-hmm. in a massive way. And so I think the stronger the woman, the more she should be a mother. Yeah. Well, and we think it's opposite, right? Like, oh, I'm too good for motherhood because of all these giftings I have. I need to pursue other things. Right. But like you're saying, it's the opposite of like, no, that gift, those gifts that the Lord has given you are also what equip you for being a good mother and imparting that to your children. And imagine like, like even you said, like I'm passionate for the Lord. Can I share that passion with my children and Mm -hmm. that, or whatever it is that you're passionate about, like imparting that to your children and then they can carry that and impart that to others. Well, and the number one thing that people are missing now is a family, Mm. right? And even just being a family. Yeah. People are very disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, if, if I, if we're functioning as a family and we're doing it, you know, semi well, and we're demonstrating that to the earth, people are going to be drawn to you. Oh yeah. Like I'm always surprised. Well, people are, are with even your family, Christelle, like we see that all the time. Oh yeah. People are like, Christelle, how are you doing this? Like, what are you doing? And it's not because you're going around saying, this is what I'm doing. I'm so good at this. It's no, it's because you're just living as a unified Mm -hmm. family and people are like, I want that. How do yeah. I get it? I'm hungry for that. Well, and they like to be around a family. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure you even noticed that being married. Like, oh, yeah. I see it right, I've seen it right from the beginning of our marriage. Like, as soon as you put God in the center of anything, mm-hmm. and then you let everything else line up with him, mm-hmm. it's like a plumb line that just comes into your home. And people are drawn to that because they have so much chaos in their lives, mm-hmm. right? Like, we grow up, and a lot of us have grown up in dysfunctional homes, parents that are divorced, you know, so much stuff going on. And we want to be that that place for them to actually even demonstrate how God intended it to be Mm -hmm. and marriage is that too right like God made marriage to demonstrate the trinity and Mm -hmm. to be just a like a lighthouse to Mm -hmm. just show his heart and how things are supposed to function right and that's why the devil attacks marriage so much right and he attacks family because it's a representation of what God intends yeah and what the church is supposed to look like and how we're supposed to interact with each other and what it's supposed a father and a mother is supposed to look like Mm -hmm. in a safe place and Mm -hmm. so um 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously you can tell I'm passionate about yeah. this, but it's not because I'm going. Oh, I just love babies, yeah. and I just want a million of them, and I just love you know being pregnant and mm-hmm. you know you hear a lot of there's women who do love being pregnant i liked it <laughs> i don't mind being pregnant but i well, it's not I, like what you would pick every day no i mean i get overweight and yeah. then you know i work so hard to lose that weight right and then there's the you're stretch marks and you're tired and, oh yeah and so all that's really real mm-hmm. right yeah and i just had a baby at 41 yeah i was like, actually gonna ask about that too because you had a big gap between your last child and then now you're mm-hmm. sixth like how many years is between them? there's nine years so we had we got married at 19 had our first at 21 um and then we had five kind of relatively within Closer nine or ten age, year yeah. span and we thought we were done and then we kind of thought okay we want to let's go for one or two more mm-hmm. and so we did and we miscarried two babies in mm-hmm. between there so after our who's now 10, like two years after we had him, we tried and miscarried that baby and mm-hmm. then tried again and miscarried again, both in second trimester. So I thought we were done. Mm-hmm. And then um, at 40 years old, I found out I was pregnant. And I was shocked. Yeah. Um, also a little nervous. Yeah, I was going to ask about even emotionally, how was that? Because I think it's easy to, once you start getting <laughs> out of those baby years yeah. and infant years and you start to get where your family is at a different place and your kids are grown up and they're more self-sufficient. You're not as like quote unquote needed on a, like, uh, like a feeding way or like a clothing, you know, like not as many of those daunting tasks. Well, I was in different seasons. Yeah. And so how was that even for you and your husband, Antonio, like going back through that of like, okay, we're going to go back into at four years old, we're switching back into that mode of like, we're going to be full time, hands-on raising a baby right well I think it it was hard Mm -hmm. Uh, it it definitely was but again this whole perspective thing that we're talking about just right away it's like oh this is gonna be awesome Mm -hmm. like I have no idea what this is gonna this is our family looks way different now yeah right you know so we had the five kids and we were done and we were kind of even though we had a lot of kids we still sort of fit in the mold right yeah like okay your kids are going off to school now, and you're going to be empty nesters, you know. Yeah, and you can pursue years. what's on your heart, Christelle. Yeah. Like, now you I can remember do your even thing. people saying to you, like, oh, poor, poor you, Christelle, you're going to start over. Yeah. Like, like this was a terrible thing that had happened oh, yeah. to you. I actually had a ministry leader tell me, oh, honey, I am so sorry. And yeah. I was like, I actually got kind of offended. Yeah. I was like, what are you so sorry about? Yeah, like, your life is ending, like, poor you. You were yeah. almost free. Right. Like, that perspective. Right. And... You know, although, yeah, okay, sure, I might have been almost free, like, to go do other things, and that's great, and I would have been happy, right? I was on the the path to go do some ministry, traveling, more things, Mm -hmm. but this, you know, nothing, I've actually told people this so many times, it took me a lot of years to get to this place, okay? Mm -hmm. My mom, and the story I told helps, but it's still, when the rubber meets the road, and you're the one having the kids, and you're the one, we were on the road moving every three to six months with little kids for a good chunk, 10 years. Mm -hmm. And that was hard. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have family around. I didn't have help. You know, you were kind of on your own to do a lot. Yeah, my husband, after that, the 10-year period was over. Then he started, we moved and stayed stationary. And then he would travel and be gone two weeks of every month. Mm -hmm. So you really did a lot on your own. I did a lot on my own. But in those first 10 years, it was Antonio and I on our own, Mm -hmm. right? So it was like, we just didn't have the support system is my point. And... Yet, at the same time, this whole, what God's perspective was, is what kept me anchored. Mm -hmm. And I just kept being like, hey, God, like, I'm going to put my best into this. I'm going to do it as unto you. Mm -hmm. And that really really helped my energy levels, I found. Because I found the more I would 
kind of stew like mm. oh this is so hard oh nobody cares yeah. nobody's grateful you know the internal these dialogue. are pointless things that I'm doing it's so hard right. this baby just won't stop crying mm. and I haven't showered in three days <laughs> and all that real stuff like the more I would go realign with God I'm going to worship you with this mm-hmm. and the harder it was the more value the worship was mm. like the more of a like significance yeah the more fragrance like I would I picture worship as fragrance that's how I picture Mm -hmm. in my mind like almost like incense going before the Lord like he he that's what he calls worship like Mm -hmm. he's he actually has our incense going before him our prayers and our worship and so I picture that like the harder it is to say yes the more violently I have to shift my selfishness Mm -hmm. the more the more of a impactful worship or the more yeah. of a sacrificial form of worship. The more fragrant that smell that is, is to yeah. him. And so that really motivated me. Mm. I think in the late, I would say probably five years into motherhood, I really got the revelation. I was like, it became actually fun. So at some mm. points I'd be like, I'm up in the middle of the night and I would just start laughing. Yeah. Like, this is hilarious. I am not even stressed out right now. And I'm not saying I didn't get stressed out, but... It got less and less. Yeah. It really did. Because you had the purpose behind it. Yeah. And my body still gets tired and I still get stressed. But even now I'm 41 and I have a six month old and he was colicky for three months. He cried nonstop. Mm-hmm. But even in that, it's kind of like, oh, this is funny. I'm revisiting this again. Yeah. And I have so much compassion for mothers after doing it again because it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, this baby just cries nonstop. But I just revisited the same truths. Like, hey, God, I'm doing this for you. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pouring my life, yeah, into for him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some parents are like, oh, I'm doing this for my child. Well, mm-hmm. you are, but you really, if you do it for the Lord, you're going to have a longevity to mm-hmm. it. Well, and I remember you even saying at one point, just in conversation with me, about how you got to the point where you almost, you were desiring motherhood and, like, that role and, like, um laboring in the secret place almost more than you wanted any spotlight so as even as your kids were growing up and before your little zion came along it was like that in between season and you were even telling me you're like no i actually don't even desire those things that at at the beginning i desired so much because you had laid it down and put your heart before the lord and said lord i'm gonna do this for you yeah and i also realized i didn't have as much of an impact doing what i originally thought was super impactful so it didn't seem as as i would with with being a mom i'm like i can be so much more impactful by doing this awesome Right? Like, I want my kids to just love the Lord, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do whatever he shows me to do to get that. Yeah. And, yeah, and, you know, you're going to fail, and you're going to mess up, and all of that, but... Mm -hmm. But I also had to be willing to lay that down. I mean, I got mm-hmm. it got came full circle. I was like, okay, well, fine. I'm going to lay down the motherhood thing now. Yeah. Okay, God, what else do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And here I find myself pregnant once I did that. So mm-hmm. that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, is just living your life as worship, mm-hmm. uh, living your life as unto the Lord. Like, I don't have to sit here and tell people, because women ask me all the time. And sometimes when I, I preach this and people get mm-hmm. offended by this message. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying to be offensive. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do things right. And we've had seasons where it's like, okay, I don't feel like it's the right timing to have a baby right now. Mm-hmm. Like we've been in India or on the road or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about like throw out birth control, okay? Yeah. But, but understanding God's heart is going to make you want to have kids. You're yeah. not going to not, not gonna be looking for excuses to not. Mm-hmm. And, it shifts your entire thinking. Yeah. And, yeah. and even like things like your health. Like there's some reasons why women shouldn't have more children like mm-hmm. maybe there's you know reasons to not keep going or maybe or that you, you can't keep going yeah or you can't or your marriage or whatever I mean be wise but understand what God thinks mm-hmm. right and he doesn't he's not telling you have kids he's saying I love them mm-hmm. and if you go I love them then either you're going to be happy and content knowing that you're 
that you're pleasing the Lord in whatever decisions you make. If yeah. your heart is, I love them too. Yeah. Right. And be a mom to other people. Like, mm-hmm. like even right now, I think one of the awesome things about being the stage I'm in is my, most of my kids are older and I have a baby again, but in that period where I didn't have a baby, it's like I could love other people more. Mm-hmm. And so I did have some freedom for, to do that. Yeah, more of a capacity to mother other women. Yeah, and being through raising all the kids that we've been raising, too, it gives me such a mother's heart for people more now, mm-hmm. too. Because mm-hmm. I can actually, I, I think I have more compassion, but I actually, actually have more wisdom to deal with situations. Mm-hmm. Because if I put myself in the shoes of, okay, I'm a mom, what would I do for our daughter, Isabella? What would I tell her? Mm-hmm. What would I tell our son in this situation? Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes leadership way easier. Yeah. Because you're you're doing it from the heart of a mom and dad, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so you can disciple better and mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. But, well, thanks for sharing. I think it's just such a powerful message that we wanted even to share with listeners. And so even if for you as listeners, I feel like this message applies to so many. And you might look at it and go, motherhood, like, oh, I'm not even in that boat. That's not for me right now. Or maybe you're a teenager or you're done having kids. But I feel like even in all, the heart behind even what you're saying, Christelle, is just that like, we need to align our hearts with what God has. And one area is children and what the world views of children. Yeah, and like with you, Shelby, like just so for those of you listening, like after Shelby and I had a conversation, I could tell she was already wanting to. She was... She had herself postured to do whatever God wanted to do Mm -hmm. with her life. Yeah. Like she came through the door of our house and Mm -hmm. was like, I just want to do what God, what God wants me to do. And whatever that is, what is it? So she had an open heart Mm -hmm. when she asked the question, why mom, why be a mom? And when I shared that with her, it was like, I saw in her a light bulb, but Mm -hmm. also an excitement and I knew. And then when you had your baby, Mm -hmm. I watched you and so many people commented to Mm -hmm. her because she's, you know, known to be strong and Mm -hmm. known to be driven Mm -hmm. and all the reasons why a lot of women don't have kids, Mm -hmm. you know, because they want to do other stuff. Yeah. And, um, watching her with Esther, it's, it's just like, she's like, it's so, so natural for mm. you, right? Yeah. It and I was like, natural. and I was so afraid that that wouldn't be the case. Like, yeah. oh, because I didn't desire my whole life to be a mother, I'm not going to be a good mom. And it was crazy yeah. to see. It's like, no, the Lord actually did equip me to be a good mom. And I was yeah. actually really And it wasn't because it was that. all super easy. I think it was just, mm-hmm. I, I personally think it's much easier when your heart is aligned with what God thinks. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you can handle whatever comes at you. Mm-hmm with way better of an emotional capacity. Totally. Exactly. No matter what it looks like. <laughs> right. Because it's not just me just trying to push through. So yeah. I just wanted to say that too. Because mm-hmm. even if you're just hearing a message like this for the first mm-hmm. time and you're considering having kids, don't go into anything with fear. Go mm-hmm. into it knowing that you have God, you have him to lean on. He yeah. will strengthen you. He will minister through you mm-hmm. and you will be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah, so really this message applies to so many people in different seasons that you're in, and we just wanted to share that. So thanks, Christelle, for even opening up your story and a little bit more about that. So yeah, thank you guys as listeners for tuning in. We um, are super excited to continue to share different topics with you, and feel free to follow us on social media at She's Capable, both on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, And you can email us as well at info at she'scapable.com. If you have any thoughts or questions that you want to discuss with us, we'd be happy to hear from you. But thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you guys again another time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the She's Capable podcast. Please review us and if you like what you hear, subscribe. We also want to let you know that we have a free ebook out called Becoming the Best Version of You. 
To download this free ebook, follow the link in the episode notes below. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next time.